Section 10 of Early Rome by Wilhelm Ina. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 5 The Five Phases of the History of Rome in the Regal Period. We have now examined the salient features of the history of the kings, and we have come to the conclusion that it is no history at all. Shall we rest here satisfied with this negative result? Shall we cut off all that precedes the establishment of the Republic as mere idle play of the imagination? Or is it possible to save something out of the wreck, and to substitute a few great outlines for the elaborate drawing with all the fanciful detail? Can we suppose that after all the memory of some events of the earliest period did remain in the popular mind with sufficient distinctness to supply the earliest analysts with an historical substratum for their narrative or are there perhaps in the institutions of the republic certain features from which we may infer what sort of institutions preceded them we think we may safely proceed upon the former as well as upon the latter hypothesis and assert that by disclaiming the intention of giving a consecutive narrative by passing over most of the names and dates with which we have been teased so long, we shall be able to draw a picture, necessarily imperfect, but historically true, of the political condition of the Roman people in the earliest period, and of the national and political revolutions through which it passed. There is every reason for believing that long before Rome became powerful, the whole of latium was filled with the number of independent city communities in fact this is the assumption upon which the roman tradition itself proceeds it is quite credible also that these latin cities had established a sort of confederacy and at the head of this confederacy was alba longa in historical times alba longa lay in ruins nevertheless the people of latium annually assembled near its site where the temple of jupiter latiarius had been left standing and there they celebrated the latin games feriae latinae and offered a joint sacrifice to jupiter as a sign and memorial of their being all members of a national confederation rome had then the presidency of these meetings occupying the place which originally no doubt belonged to alba longa it is not likely that such a custom would have been introduced after the fall of alba whereas we can easily understand that if established at the time of alban predominance it was continued in the same spot ever after in that spirit of conservatism which is natural to all religions but was especially characteristic of the religion of rome we may suppose that in this period of the power of alba the hills of rome were occupied by latin settlers like all the sites in latium which were capable of being easily converted into strongholds the romans of that period therefore were latins and the roman language had thus retained for ever after the name of latin testifying thereby the original identity of race this then is the first phase of roman history the second stage begins with the invasion of latium by a kindred race the sabines that such an invasion took place at an early period is certain, even if the story of Titus Tatius and the people of Curace coming down the valley of the Tiber, conquering the Capitoline and Quirinal hills, and settling in Rome, were not related in the annals and did not bear the aspect of a genuine tradition. 
for among the oldest and most permanent institutions of rome among their religious rites and their deities there are some which are admitted on all sides to be of sabine origin it is therefore highly probable that sabines settled on some of the hills of rome as the annals relate and also that at the same time other latin cities passed into the hands of the same invaders for it is not likely that the hills of rome were the only attraction as the story of the rape would make us believe and we do find that actually some of the cities of latium between the tiber and the anio were sabine in population perhaps it was in the course of this sabine invasion that alba longa the head of latium was taken and destroyed this is the second phase of the history of rome the annalists have preserved traditions of hostilities between the original latin settlers on the palatine and the invaders who held the capital and the quirinal such hostilities might safely be assumed to have taken place even if no tradition had preserved the memory of them as we have seen above nothing is more likely than that the independent communities living in such proximity to one another found it more advantageous to come to terms and to live in peace and friendship than to harass each other in daily strife accordingly they agreed to a kind of international alliance and in doing so they followed the example of the latin cities and as far as we can see the custom of all the italian races to have formed confederacies where circumstances favoured or necessitated them this is the third phase of the history of rome the alliance of romans and sabines was the condition of the future greatness of rome for the strength of the several communities instead of being worn out by internal strife was now combined and soon gave rome a preponderance over the smaller latin towns but the proximity to each other of the members of the roman confederacy was such their intercourse so frequent their interests so nearly identical that a mere international alliance was soon found an insufficient bond of union and thus it was developed into some sort of closer political union or a federal state this step is indicated in the tradition of the annalists when they say that the senate was raised from one hundred to two hundred members that the number of the citizens was doubled and that the two kings romulus and tatius agreed to reign in common the roman state had now outgrown the political organization at which the leagues of the latins and of the other italian peoples stopped all the other leagues were international leaving each member free to support or to oppose the policy of the majority the romans starting from the same point advanced further and bound up the free will and independence of the members in the national will declared by the decisions of a common senate and a popular assembly this was the fourth phase of the history of rome rome had now become a federal state consisting of a union of families which formed curies and tribes the head of this community was a king elected for life and combining the functions of high priest with those of judge and military chief but of these three functions the first seems to have been by far the most prominent and important in the earliest period of monarchy as will appear more fully lower down religion is older than any other element in human society political institutions and civil laws are modelled upon religious institutions and divine law and are a secondary development in the history of nations 
though in the conventional arrangement of the roman kings romulus precedes numa the institutions of numa must be older than those of romulus in other words the oldest kings of rome were pre-eminently priests and the oldest constitution was more akin to a federation of half-independent families than to a fully developed state how long this kind of priest kingship lasted we cannot tell it was followed by a military monarchy which abolished the old sacerdotal constitution raised the military and civil power over that of the priestly order consolidated and strengthened the state and thus intensified the preponderance of rome over the other latin cities this is the fifth phase in the history of rome it appears in the traditional story as the reigns of the tarquins and servius tullius and it seems to coincide with the influence of etruscan domination over latium the nation of the etruscans differed widely from the latins and their kinsmen the sabines they spoke a language not understood by their neighbours they were far advanced in civilization in architecture and the other arts in trade navigation and manufactures when the romans were still half barbarians their settlements stretched at one time from the alps to campania latium lay between campania and etruria proper it was therefore the country through which the etruscans had to pass if they proceeded southwards by land nor are traces of etruscan dominion wanting in latium the city of tusculum betrays by its very name a tuscan that is an etruscan origin the town of fidenae close to rome is admitted to have been etruscan mezentius an old etruscan king is said to have ruled in latium and the story of porsena relates the victory of an etruscan king over the romans finally what is perhaps the most significant hint the insignia of the roman kings were those of the kings of etruria if in addition to all these indications we find that some of the roman kings were supposed to have come from etruria we have no difficulty in arriving at the conclusion that these kings were etruscan conquerors in accordance with this view we find that the roman tradition ascribes to the elder tarquin changes in the old institutions of rome in which he had to face the opposition of the native priesthood in the new organization of the army tarquinius priscus is obliged to yield so far as the objections of adus navius the augur that he adapts his reforms to the old names and divisions in removing some old sabine sanctuaries from a site where he wishes to build a great temple of the etruscan trinity of gods jupiter juno and minerva he is obliged to respect the shrines of juventus and terminus it is but a link in this chain that the second king in this line servius gives a secular and military character to the roman institutions by devising the Centuriate assembly an organization on the basis of property qualifications for the purpose of government and war this organization effectually did away with the old religious curiatic assemblies from which all political power was now taken if we are justified in supposing that simultaneously the old sacerdotal king the rex was stripped of his influence and that the chief priesthood was conferred on the pontiffs we shall understand in its totality the great change which raised rome from an aristocratic confederacy under a sacerdotal head to a military monarchy in which the priesthood was subordinate to the state and in which law and policy were no longer ecclesiastical but secular 
the old aristocracy appears to have been dissatisfied because the military kings curtailed their influence the power of the senate was abridged but the common people were well disposed toward the kings who were their natural protectors in the relation of rome to latium a change seems to have taken place if hitherto rome had been only a member of the latin confederacy she now became its head nay the preponderance of rome under the etruscan kings seems to have assumed the form of actual dominion how long this period lasted we have no means of judging it seems however not to have continued long enough to change the national character or to affect the language of the romans and the latins at last a reaction took place political opposition seems to have been backed by national animosity the etruscan kings were expelled the romans and the latins regained their independence at the same time a partial but not a total restoration then took place the old federal and sacerdotal institutions were not revived the title of sacerdotal king rex sacrificalis or rex sacrorum was allowed to continue but the office remained stripped of all political influence and limited to some insignificant religious formalities the old comitia of curies were also preserved but they no longer possessed any power in the state the sovereignty of the people was lodged in the centuriate comitia and the executive power in magistrates who were not chosen for life and consequently invested with irresponsible power but whose tenure of office was limited to the space of one year to this limitation was added another two men were elected to fill the chief office as colleagues so that each might be a check on the other if he acted unlawfully otherwise the prerogatives of the royal office as exercised by the late kings were not curtailed thus the period of the military monarchy though it was not destined to last for ever and though it did not last perhaps for many generations was the means of developing out of the old sacerdotal institutions under a priest king that military organization which was equal to the task of making rome the mistress of italy and of the world with the republic began the sixth phase in the history of rome End of section ten